We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, what are your overall impressions of the offense after watching the film? I'll I'll, I'll throw it to you first. I, I loved what I saw in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think when I broke the game down a little bit more, I was even more impressed with what we saw in the first half because as I watched the game and and, and talked to a couple people about about it, you come to realize USC threw a completely different defense at Notre Dame last night. Completely different defense. They were they were in a three three five the whole night. There were times where they were. They were in a 3-5-3 alignment last night, basically saying we're going to take your quick game away, we're going to take away your perimeter throws, uh, and they still couldn't. And I to, to be able to come out against – so, for example, USC plays a, usually plays a lot more man. Vince, if you went back and watched the game, they were playing a ton of zone last night. A ton mm-hmm. of, I mean, they were they were running cloud coverage. They were which running I didn't understand. Uh, I to didn't, be honest, but, we, but things we didn't see a lot of that from them in yeah. the past. For I haven't right. seen a lot of that from them in the past. And and to me, I thought Notre Dame's ability to re- Jack Cohn, especially his ability to recognize that and get the ball out, was really good. And I thought Tommy Reese's answers for those things were really good as well. It was. It was a really well designed game, but I, I I was more even more impressed with it. And we talked a lot about my thoughts on the game plan last night, but I was even more impressed by it when I realized that USC threw a completely different defense. They used the bye week, and this is what this is one of those things that you're going to find sometimes. I don't I don't think that it was necessary. Like here's the difference between Notre Dame and USC. Notre Dame used the bye week to look back at their first six games and say. Here's what we've done that we're really good at, and here's what we do that we're not as good at. Let's do more of what we're good at. So we right. talked about tempo, RPOs. Uh, I think I had – let me pull up my numbers here because we'll dive into these specifically. But I had the Notre Dame quarterbacks were, uh see, six of seven on RPO throws. No, I'm sorry, seven of eight on RPO throws for 66 yards, which you have to look at. And when you when you refer to the run game, because it's essentially it's an extension of the run game, which puts the 
the run design into to more context. But you know, seven of eight for 60, 66 yards. Mm-hmm. You, you have to look at – we love that. Love the fact that they spread the field, which opened up the running game. I mean, there were so many times where, you know, Kyron Williams was able to find a hole after they washed some guys down because USC was spreading out. I mean, there was a time where they they ran a bubble uh, off of an RPO and, and Cone handed the ball off and Kyron was able to cut back towards the bubble but the flat defender had worked out with the bubble. And so then he had to come late to Kyron ends up being like a six or seven yard gain. Right. Two weeks ago, that guy's sitting right there because they're trying to block him. He squeezes down and tackles Kyron after a yard or two, or he may blitz if they're in 19 personnel or whatever they like to do with all the tight ends on the field. So uh, to me, it was obviously a joke with the 19 personnel. They can't run 19. Well, they could no <laughs> I mean, Notre they- Dame. They, they may try. I was going to say, it might. but uh, that that those are things you look at and say, boy, that really had an impact on the game, and, and it really had an impact on on the success of the game. But it meant even more to me when I look at it and say, boy, they were not running what Notre Dame thought they were going to run. They they were not running what what they had shown on film in Agreed. the past, and they were kind of a hybrid four down. And part of it was they didn't have Drake Jackson. Right. I don't even know if he played last night. I don't think I don't remember seeing him last night. Vince, did you? I did not. I don't remember seeing Drake Jackson last night. So so when I look at it, say, boy, they, they threw something different at you and it and you and it didn't get you off your game. And and that to me was a really that was a really impressive aspect of last night's performance to see them go out and, and play the way they did. Yeah, and I and I'm looking at their the the game sheet now. I do not see Drake Jackson's name. He was listed as a starter. Uh, I, you know, he, but I don't, I don't see anything from him in regards to any kind of production. So I really don't know if he, if he played last night very much at all. I'm trying to see if he had any stats. I guess he played a lot more than I thought, Vince. He had six tackles, which says a lot about, which says a lot about in a sack, which says a lot about, I think, the play of the offensive line because I don't remember seeing Drake Jackson at all. Crazy. Uh, And, and so to me, that even adds even more to what I'm saying because that means they were using him as a three down lineman instead of just replacing him with somebody else. So uh, I was impressed by that. I, I really was. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You want to the, talk the about all offensive line? In, in yeah, let's dive into it because it kind of leads right into that yeah. comment about J- Drake Jackson. I, 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 as I broke the game down, you know, we talk about you know things that you see better that are differently. Two big things I saw from the offensive line last night. Number one, I think J- I think Josh Lug played better than I thought he played live. Okay, I thought I thought he got beat a couple times, but like even on the sack. He did what I think he didn't do a great job of it, but he at least he rode the guy outside. And then that guy came off late to get the sack because the right guard didn't do anything to help the center and they gave up that inside pocket. I think sometimes it looked like Josh Lug got beat. It was actually the guard and Lug trying to help the guard. But I thought Josh also had one of the more impressive blocks. There there was the the run that Kyron Williams took. He cut back behind Josh for like a 12-yard gain. It's like Kyron took the handoff and just went straight for like 12 yards to get a first down. It got him like first goal, like the two or the three. If you watch that play, it was because Josh took the end and drove him like five feet inside and then just planted him. And so it looked like it looked like they slanted away from it, and Kyron just took the handoff in the inside zone, and literally it was technically a cutback, but he just went straight. Right. And it was because Josh just blew his guy up. So I thought Josh played a lot better than I thought. I thought Jarrett Patterson played better than I thought. he. I thought he had a good game. I thought he's a little bit up and down. But as I watched the game again, I, I thought I saw more and more positive snaps from him. I thought him and him and Andrew Kristoffic really had some nice combo blocks in this game. I thought Andrew Kristoffic was, was pretty darn good in this game. Joe Alt was solid. Yeah, he wasn't getting the. He was movement. a true freshman still. I mean, yeah, he, he's not. See, problem yeah. with Joe is he's getting like almost no movement in the run game, but he's he's a freshman who played tight end in high school last exactly. year. Exactly. I'm not expecting him yes. to have the strength that he needs right. yet. He's not three thirty five like Blake Fisher. He can't just. He will be. You know, I think right. he will be. Uh, and uh, maybe not three thirty five, but he'll I think be he's like gonna, a three ten, three fifteen. Right. But he's gonna. He's not gonna add a ton of weight. He's just gonna get stronger. He's gonna get and, stronger. And all that, Vince. Yeah, exactly. But the compete was the compete level was there. The technique was there. Like there was a play where it ended up being like a two yard gain, I believe. But they they tried to bounce it outside, and he's got perfect position on the on the end, but he just couldn't finish because he just didn't have that grown man strength. Right. That you have after you've been in a Matt Bayless strength program for a year or two. Right. Not faulting him. For, I can't fault him for that. Right? right. But the thing is, he stayed on the guy until the very, very end of the play because the guy he the guy was outside and the play went outside. And eventually, the only way you can hang on to the guy that way is just holding him. You hold him. Yeah. 
and they'll call holding on Notre Dame. They won't call holding on Notre Dame's opponents, but they'll call holding on Notre Dame, clearly. So Terrible. I I thought I thought his compete level was good. His technique was he's a really fundamentally sound kid. I agree. Which is kind of sad that their best technician is a true freshman. Well, he lives but with an NFL lineman. I mean, or, or, you know, it is, right. that's, but that's the he, way it goes. He's going to be good. I thought he was going to be a good player. I gave him a four-and-a-half-star upside grade. I just thought he was going to need like two, maybe even three See, years. And, and here's my thing is he's playing well enough right now that I think you can have the discussion for next year to move Blake Fisher inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I think that conversation can be had because of what Joe Alt is doing. Um, and again – I realize Blake Fisher is a is going to be a he could be a great tackle, but I think he could be a generational could have been a really, guard. Really good, tackle right? In high that's, college. That's exactly right. what I'm saying. So like, if he's playing well enough to have that conversation, then yeah. that's all I can ask for right now because I think yeah. he's going to continue to get better as well. He was really uh, good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He was Completely really agree. sound. I wouldn't say he was really good. He was sound. He was really yeah. Sound. Right. And there's and I'm not expecting it's miracles really, right well, from that from him. I just, I'm not. Look, I don't expect a, a kid like him. And again, his circumstance is different. He's not 335. Right. He was a tight end in high school. And when we say tight end, he wasn't just a guy that stayed there and blocked. I mean, he blocked a lot of tight end, but he caught passes too. I mean, he sure. ran routes and caught passes. I, I, I don't expect a kid like that to come out and move people that have been in weight programs for two or three years as well. Right. But his, his when that comes, he's going to be really, really good. And, I you know, agree. that's the thing is, is, He's doing in year one, fundamentally and execution wise, what I didn't think he'd be ready to do until you in year two. Now you need to get to year three, strength strength part of it. The future is very bright for him. I and, agree. And we'll, we'll have plenty of time this off season to talk about what you're going to do with the offensive line. But absolutely, I also thought live like last night. I thought you were being a little hard on Kane Madden last night. I said, man, Vince is Vince has kind of got that little burr up as you know what about Kane Madden, right? And I was like, I, I, I just, I think he was too hard on him. And, and then I watched the game again, and um, I was, you were not wrong. I just, his go-to, his, his tryhard is there, but it's just. And when all he has so to do, bad. when all he has to do is down block on a run play, okay, if somebody, if somebody is on his inside shoulder, and all he has to do is down block and drive the guy off. That's his best play. Right. It's his best play. Okay. This is his only play right now. Yes, that's correct. Because anytime they ask him to pass block, number one, he doesn't, he like, he doesn't go and help. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't understand. Even if it's a three man uh, mm -hmm. front that he's going up against, he lets the other guys just do their thing on their own and he just kind of stands there. Like, okay, there's nobody coming. Go help out. You know, G give him a push, mm -hmm. give him a shove, do something. But, and, but he just doesn't move his feet. And that's no. the, that's the thing where you say you watch him play and you're saying this is what we talk about when you talk about a, not a well-coached offensive line. His technique has regressed so much since he was at Marshall. And part of it, I think, is the pressure of being at Notre Dame and all the expectations. But, I mean, things that we saw him do time and time again at Marshall. And, again, we weren't very high on him. We, we, we right. weren't buying From into the, the All-American hype. That, that people were making about him, but still the one thing we said this summer was he's going to be physical and he's going to be fundamentally sound. He's the exact opposite of that. And there were times like you, I didn't see what you were talking about mm -hmm. when I, you were talking about the pass blocking. 
and he would just kind of like he was looking outside and he was like watching the right tackle block a guy out yeah. wide. Now, at first, you look outside because if that guy does a, an immediate spin move inside, like you're the there. play against Virginia Tech, for example, the sack early in the game against Virginia, Virginia Tech, Joe Alt gave up. In that instance, in this protection, if that would have happened to Josh Lug, Cade Mann is right there to chip. But once that guy kind of gets to a certain point, you teach an offensive guard, once he gets to a certain point, that spin ain't coming. You've got to look back inside. And he just stayed. I mean, just there were, I've never seen an offensive lineman. Well, yeah, I have. Was it the second game of the year with Zeke Carell? Second or third game of the year with Zeke yeah. Carell? Yeah. This is the second time this year that I've seen an offensive guard do something that I've never seen before, which is go a lot of the game and just not block anyone. Yeah. He he runs through and doesn't – like he'll run through everything and then come yeah. out the other side and then go help the running back up. Yeah. Like that doesn't do me any but good. He stops man. his feet. He's kind of a top-heavy kid, just, just his build. Yeah, and right. He'll stop his feet and just kind of, you know. John Kleinmeck had a comment on it. Uh, he said, "I watched sixty-two. That's Kane Madden more than I normally do. He blocked no one at least five or six times. That's an understatement. And he, and he falls down a lot. Yes, he is on the ground more than any other offensive lineman I've ever seen, and, and not, not for in the a good right way. reasons. Right. Not because he's pancaking guys. Right. Um, he's if, not on the ground as much as like Quentin for the reasons Quentin Nelson was on the ground a lot." <laughs> Right. Yes, completely agree. And it's happening at the line of scrimmage, whereas when Quinton would do it, right. it would be like three, four, five yards downfield, and he was popping somebody. Just don't so that was it. kind of the – that's, that's, to the, me, I feel that's like the last they, move for me, is they yeah. need to find somebody else to play right guard. The, I mean, I right. just – Because they clearly can't <sighs> fix it. Right. right. They've had I mean, seven games, and he has not gotten better. In fact, I would worse. say at times he's gotten worse. He's gotten so, much worse. I, you had – whether it's Rocco, I don't care. Somebody else has to be better. Has to be better. I, I that's my that's my last look. They made the right. switches on the left side. I applaud them for that. Did well, but let's make a change on the right side. And if you, maybe it's moving, you know, lug inside and and giving Tosh a start. Okay, okay, that would be great. Uh, yay! Right, stump. You've got to do something. Um, to take the next level for this. I mean, is John line. Dirksen and Rocco Spindler really this bad? That's the, exactly my be. point. No, no and, way. And I'll say this. Okay, let me say this too. Let's say they are that. Let's say they're just as bad as Kane Madden. I'd still play them because there's at least a future for them where this experience could benefit them next season. Exactly. Kane's a six-year senior. He's done after this year. He's not coming back. And right, thankfully, he can't come back. He can't. I mean, he's a sixth right. year senior. There's no, no more years left. No, absolutely. So that that like to your point, that's the final move. And, and I don't really care what that move is, but that's the final exactly. move. They they it, have to make a move there because the move has to be sixty two is on the bench. That's the only move that works for and, me. And I don't say that kind of thing lightly, nor does Vince. But it's just I kept waiting on him to kind of at least get better, and he's progressively gotten worse. As he's, going. he's just yes. he's just not being coached. It is what it is. What'd you think of the play of Andrew Kostovic? You know what? I he battled. He yeah. battled his butt off, I thought. And he went once he latches onto somebody, they don't get off. Yeah. Um he, he I was, did a really nice job of working his feet through the entire yeah. play all night long. And, and and his double teams I thought were, were good. Um uh, I Him thought he got Patterson especially are really yes. good in working combo blocks. They have good communication yeah. about who is going to go to the next level and who's going to yeah. stay on and, and all of that. Right. I thought I thought that that was really good for a guy basically making his first start. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was very impressed. You wouldn't have thought that he is just now getting his shot at left. He guard. had one big mistake. He had a play on a screen where if he blocks a guy, Kyron is gone. You know which play I'm talking about? They ran a screen to the left. It was the play where Jack Cohn – it was a great job by Cohn of getting that ball. I mean, the fact that he, he turns around and there's like a dude right there and he's like – just snaps it off. If Andrew gets that guy blocked, he is gone. But honestly, outside of that play, I thought he was I thought he was really solid. He wasn't dominant, but he was really solid. Good first start for him. Absolutely. I, I, a lot I to build the on timing too. from center to left tackle. That was a big thing for me, Vince, is the timing was really good when they were talking about working together, even though they weren't because Andrew's not a blow you off the ball guy. Jarrett Patterson's not a blow you off the ball guy. Joe Alt's not there at that point in time yet either. They're not, they're not, you know, Blake Fisher, Quentin Nelson, Aaron Banks, Tommy Kramer, Alex Barr. They're just, they're not that. They're just do your job, play with good angles, play with good leverage, and stay engaged. Uh, and I thought the pass pro outside of one snap last night was really good. Part of it was USC was dropping eight all night long. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes things easier, obviously, but they still got a sack with a three-man front too right? Uh, because it was three on four. And it was partly a covered sack, I mean, because they dropped eight. True. It's not like Jack hit the top and got overwhelmed as much as he did earlier. I thought Jack did a good job of staying in the pocket, and then when he went to step into the pocket, there was that guy right there, and there was nowhere to go. Uh, so it, it it was part covered sack for me. It wasn't just a, you know, they got beat, but you shouldn't give up that kind of ground right. on a three-man pressure. You just you shouldn't. But that was kind of my takeaway from, from the offensive line. Uh, and uh, bring up a, a super chat from John A. Along those lines, John Dirksen, Rocco Spindler, Quinn Carroll, where are we're, we're, we're all better in the spring game? And I saw the spring game. It says a lot. Yeah, because his point being, John's point being, the spring game was pretty awful. Yeah, right. and, and and yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I, I don't get it. All those kids have played guard at some point in time this year. I I don't know what it is. I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know what. I don't know if they. I mean, made a promise to sit. I don't know what it is. Right. I, mean, I don't know if they feel bad. It could. I mean, it could honestly be that. Like they feel bad. Like, hey, we've kind of screwed this kid up. You know, like let's give him a chance to, re, you know, redeem himself right. and get his NFL future back. But he's gotten seven games to do so. And even yeah. if they made a promise to him, look, you want to win ball games, and it's time to think about what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah. maybe and look. When you're recruiting this guy to come over as a grad transfer, even though you and I didn't necessarily agree with the fact that they should have brought him in, but the the bottom line is they decided they wanted him. And right. as a second-team All-American, it's not really going out that far on a limb promising him that he's going to get playing time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that that's that's kind of a, a promise that a lot of coaching staffs would have made. And mm-hmm. I honestly don't have a whole lot of problem with it. The problem I have now is if you did make that promise, you're going to have to go back on that promise because it's no longer what's good for the football team. They said that they has didn't. to be your first thing. That's the thing. They said they didn't, yeah. but well, um, you and I both know things get said behind yeah, closed doors. I, but but I, mean, what, I mean, even talking to people behind the scenes, they say they didn't promise them that. So I mean, I, I okay, I don't, I don't okay. know. I got I, you. I really, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't referring to what Brian Kelly said. Because I got it. okay. I, I, I got stance you. on that. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. But yes, uh, I do. We've got some questions in here about the tight end blocking. 
Uh, since that. we're talking about the O line, it was better. I, I figured... It was better. I thought I thought Michael Mayer blocked better. I thought George Takis was way too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a play. It was out of thirteen. It, I think it was the first time they got into thirteen personnel. I think it was the first touchdown drive, the second down play. I thought this is one of the few times I thought Madden and and Lug had really good movement. Like if you actually watch the inside of the line, they got a really good push and that they didn't get a good push for much of the night. There was a few snaps here and there where they got real good movement. The third and five, for example, um, that was, that was an example where they got a good push, got five yards, set up a fourth and one that they converted. And, and um, if you go back and watch that Takis and then I think it was Avery Davis, both got beat. And that's where the, the play was made. That's where it was from that backside. Uh, His blocking to me was really up and down. I thought Michael Mayer had his best game of the season last night, blocking wise. So that was a good sight, sign to see. He Mm -hmm. he was given better effort competing. Uh, But overall, the, the, the tight end blocking wasn't as good as it was against Virginia Tech, but it was better than it had been in the five games before that. It's just, it's about with George, it's just about getting him to be more consistent. Yeah, and there was another comment later that said the, the the holding call on him was fictitious. It no, it wasn't. It was a hold. It was fictional. It was that. Look, so so Chris, if it, you look at ahead. the original play, go ahead, Vince. No, because no, no. <laughs> I was because you and I talked about this actually. Yeah. Uh, it was a good block. At like first, it was a. Yeah. It was a. At first, it was a really really good block. The problem was he held on too late. Right, and because he held on too late, he lost his feet, and he was still holding on, and that's right. where the hold came in because. If he lets him go, Diggs still gets the right. corner, and it becomes a good block. Right. Well, once you lose leverage and you're get, he's getting outside, you got to let go. Otherwise, they're going to call right. that every once time. Once you, if you're engaged yep. with the guy right here, and even yep. if you're holding him in a clean, and when I say holding in a clean manner, I mean holding him in a way where you're not going to get called for it. Yeah, but as soon as he kind of goes you're within the, the frame, side, yeah. right? And you lose him, and he's in your in your. Once your body starts doing this, you got to let go. Because once you start doing this and you're and still got a cloth, then he's going to get turned, and that's where the holdings come. Now, that has happened to Notre Dame defensive linemen at least 25 times this year with no holding calls. Right. But every time Notre Dame's linemen do it, they seem to get called for it. And to me, that that was a hold. That's where the hold came from, is when that guy tried to go outside. And, Correct. And, and, and he didn't let go. He didn't let go, and he, and it doesn't, he yanked him back. The ball being passed him means nothing doesn't it doesn't matter. matter he he fell down with him still holding on they're gonna call it that's I mean, it just it is it is what it is and, and, and that, I, but see but that even adds to the point chris if the ball was passed and there's even less reason for him right. to hang on to him at that point exactly so just you, look you don't want to it's I always said this as a coach don't put officials in position where they can make a call against you because they're gonna mess it up right, right. just do Absolutely. what you're taught to do right and, you know, it's kind of like there was the some people thought that they should have called pass interference on Chris Steele on that first go route on the first drive. It was actually an RPO. Tried to throw that back shoulder to Kevin Stepherson, and Chris Steele was getting super handsy with Kevin Austin. But if I'm an official and if I'm a receivers coach, I'm going to say to Kevin Austin, I'm not throwing a flag on that effort. You got to right. play. You got to. You got to make a better play for the ball if you want me to throw a flag. If you turn around and you try to make that back shoulder throw a catch, and that guy's yanking on your jersey, I'll throw the flag. But when you just give me this, you know, stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you don't even turn your hips at the ball, I'm not. I'm not flagging that guy for that. He kicked your butt. Right. 
I'm not and bailing I would say you the out. Same thing as the receivers coach. Right. You got to play better than that. You know, people wanted a penalty on the the interception. Kevin Austin's got to give better effort if he wants to be able to draw a flag in those situations. Now, right. the second, the one time he did that, he beat Chris Steele up the field, had him smoked, and guy kind of tripped. You know, kind of took him down. That was a better effort. You're going to get that call, but right. you've got to you've got to you've got to give better effort. You got to play better if you want Agreed. to get those calls or avoid those calls. Uh, receiver play, Vince, I felt like we talked a lot about last night. I don't have anything new about the receivers. Do you have anything new about the not. play of the receivers? No, we we talked a lot about 50-50 balls, and we talked about the effort, um, and we talked about their blocking as well. Mm-hmm. I, Avery Davis did not have a good day blocking, um, mm-hmm. or at least in, in big moments it felt like. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of Avery Davis's front, uh, which was not good, because that means he's looking back at the play after missing a block. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was bad. And, and I... For him, I feel like that's an anomaly. I don't. I don't feel like that's a normal thing for him. So I'm willing to overlook this particular game. Uh, but you know, he know he's. If you set him down and you asked him, that that effort's not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know, it, it is what it is there. It, but it's nothing that we didn't talk about yesterday. So right. no, I didn't see anything new. Right. Quarterback play didn't see anything new. I thought there was a couple times that I thought maybe Jack should have read the opposite side. There was a third down uh there was a third down throw where he threw the ball I think to Takis where I thought he should have it was a it was a stick slide combination. Mm-hmm. He went to the trip side. They were outnumbered I think like 5 to 3. I thought he should have gone to the other side. He and he actually did. He actually looked left. And if he would have stayed left there was a mistake by USC. The flat defender and the corner both went out to the slide. And I think it was Kevin Austin came wide open on yeah. that. And he he went away from it too quick, I thought. He didn't read the body length. Because if you read the body language of the flat defender, he's clearly buzzing. He's mm-hmm. not. So what that means is essentially if I'm a flat defender, right, and and I, I am kind of being taught, and he may not have been a flat defender. I, I have to go back and look at the play. But basically, you're taught to work through the inside receiver, Right. And so your body language and all that's going to be in a way to where you can kind of play through the the first inside defender to the flat, right? Because what you don't want to do is is do what he did, which is kind of just take off right now of the flat, and then something comes open right behind you. Jack should have been able to read the body language of that guy and know that he's going. And he should have stuck it and then, bam, hit Kevin Austin. Because there was actually about four yards to each side of Kevin Austin where there was nobody. Right, he might have been able to catch that and quickly split and get five, six, seven extra yards. Or he'd been too wide open and dropped it. I mean, that's always possible too. <laughs> hey, be I'm nice. Sorry. I'm just he messing made a couple up. tough grabs. Uh, no, that one of his sho- that that shoelace catch nice that catch. he made. Yeah. Granted, it was only for four or five yards, yeah. but that was a really nice catch. That is not an easy catch to make. I, I, I will say this about the receiver play about Kevin Austin. He has to if if he's allowed to come back next year, he has to come back next year because he's that's still absolutely. way too raw. And hopefully he gets coached better next year. Having said that, this game was a lot different than the last two where he struggled with press. The reason I say that is, is because he struggled with those two press plays, but he it didn't get in his head. That's growth right now. As a receiver's coach, I'm dinging him. His grade's going to be low. Sure. But I'm also going to pull him aside and say, hey, look, we got to get you better. 
but I'm proud of the fact that you didn't let those struggles impact the other parts of your game, which is exactly what he did in the last two times. He blocked his butt off in this game. I mean, blocked his butt off in this game. He did. And he made some – He made some. I mean, he had a big drop. He had the press, and he didn't go in a tank like he did against Cincinnati and like he did against Purdue. Right. And, and that's, he that shows a, maturity. Yeah, and I he mean, made a tough does. catch later in the game, that shoestring catch later in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so he – his problem is he's not coached real well right now, fundamentally and technically. And that goes back to the question that S said earlier. I thought the receivers played better because they were – the game plan was built around the wide receivers. That's the difference. Getting right. Braden Lindsay the jet sweep, getting the ball out to Avery Davis, getting the ball out to Kevin Austin on RPOs. The receivers were much more of a focal point, so they made more plays. I don't think they necessarily played great – because there were still way too many mistakes. Avery Davis in the run game, Kevin with drops, uh, you know, things like that. Now, I thought Braden Lindsay had a couple chances for big plays. There was one mistake that Ky- that Ty- the Heidler Buckler made. It was on his seam throw. So we, I was asked about this on the message board. You remember, Vince, it was the seam throw he threw on his first series. Somebody said, Do you think you do you think he made the right call or the right decision? And I said, No, but I, I don't I don't fault him for it because a veteran quarterback. So what it was is they had they had three receivers to the left, and they were playing kind of a cover two look. Uh, uh, USC was the field safety over top of Mayer or over top of the number two receiver should be working out so that the snap the corner came right down and let Braden Lindsey run right past him. Well, the reason the corner did that is because he thought the safety was coming off the hash to get over top. Safety stayed right on the number. He stayed right on Avery Davis. A veteran quarterback sees that and throws a rope into that window. Braden Lindsay catches it and runs in for a touchdown. Right. Okay. But I don't know if I should ask Tyler Buckner to do that because Tyler Buckner, as a freshman, sees cover two. Cover two is going to take away outside number one, most likely. Right. And so now I'm reading two to three. And based on going, I think he allowed the pre-snap look to take him away from number one, and it took him to a secondary read. Based on that, he made a good read, great timing, got the ball out accurately. Michael Mayer right. made a great play. Right. Right. So, so technically, I'm going to sit him down on film. I'm going to walk him through that. And I and I think I think that's what Brian Kelly was yelling at him for afterwards. But I, you know, it's just kind of like, dude, really? The kid just made a good play. Like, well, let's celebrate yeah. it. But yeah, like, I, that's the thing. It's, it's like, not the time for that. Yes, get him in the film room the next day. Right. Right. You know, hey, you should have made this advance read. You should have read it out, even though the pre-snap told you that. That's a veteran play. If Jack Cohn would right. have missed that play, I'd have been on him right now on the sideline. Right. Tyler Buckner makes that play. Hey, good job, buddy. You know, let's make sure you right. read that one out next time. Great job. And then you get him in the film room. But Brian Kelly just can't help himself. You know, no, just crazy. like he's got to just get in your face and yell at you right now. Because he wants everybody to have all the experience and to make all the experience throws. I mean, right. that's just who but, he is. So, but so, so I, I, but I thought it was growth. I thought Tyler's timing on those, those, his decision-making in the read zone was better. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If they, if they're going to go 13 personnel in the red zone, they better never, ever have Jack Cohn at quarterback. Cause the only way that's going to work is with Tyler Buckner quarterback. Now I think they should go away from that. I don't think Gotta they agree. should be running 13 personnel. You, you, you don't have enough healthy tight ends. Michael Carmody is not, a, they had him lined up as in a flex one time. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, come on. But I don't want to talk too much about that because overall I was really, really happy with the offensive game plan. So I don't want to. It's just when they went 13 with a couple nitpicks. But 13 personnel is not work. It didn't work on the first touchdown drive. You went 13, 13, miss, miss. You went to 11 on third down and it worked. Touchdown. Right. You get you get the ball at the four yard line and you go 13 13 and and then you go then you go eleven, but then you're in a bunch. And the way USC was played, USC had them that USC knew exactly what was coming. They were lined up outside the receivers with the safeties and corners and the and the linebackers playing inside. Like they knew it they knew it was that gonna be that option slide, which Notre Dame runs a ton. They were prepared for it. You need to check out of it or you know, call a timeout or something. But I, those were some of my my issues in the game, but overall, I thought the red zone offense was good. And I'm tell you something else: the third down offense last night, I, I knew it was good, but I didn't realize how good it was. Third down offense last night was phenomenal. It was really, really good, Vince, because uh, they went uh, they went six they went eight of twelve, right? Which ties the the best mark they've had in the last two years. Now, hmm. the reason that matters is because last year they had the number seven third down offense in the entire country. And they still tied the best mark from last night. 66.7% on third down is is exceptionally good uh, when you consider also that you had another third down that was just flat dropped on the first drive of the game. That's true. Uh, but yeah. I thought the third down – here's what I liked about the third down game plan. They did some of the stuff they normally do with the quick options, right? Early in the game, they were running those quick options, and it was really effective because Michael Mayer, we talked about last night, was doing a really good job. Cone was getting a ball out. But he also mixed in some levels concepts, Vince, that I really liked. And, and he hit like the, the throw to Kevin Austin over the top. I thought, I mean, they converted a third and 13. Like when I first saw it, eight, eight, eight of 12 in my, in my head when I'm watching the game, I'm like, there weren't like, I couldn't remember any third longs. I couldn't really remember any other than the one pass to Kyron Williams that we talked about right. last night. Yep. But they converted a third and six with a 10-yard gain. They converted a third and nine with a 16-yard gain where he hit Michael Mayer at the sticks. Mayer makes a move and converts it. Uh, they uh, converted a third and eight. They converted a third and 13. And they converted another third and six with a 15-yard gain. They actually converted a lot of third and mediums to longs last night, more so than you'd think a team that went eight and 12. You go eight and 12, you're thinking eight. And then one of the, the third down misses they had was a third and six and two down territory where they ran the ball for five yards got into a fourth and, and one and they converted the fourth one. Yeah. That was a successful third down play, even though it wasn't the ultimate right. success of picking up the first down. Right. You accomplished your goal of we're in two down territory. You got when you're in two down territory. On you're a not trying sticks, to get it all. Yeah, exactly. You'd like to. Sure. But it's sure. still a win. If you get down, you need to get down to two or less. Right. Get me down to two or less and we can. And that's a that's a win for me. Because they QB snuck it on on fourth and two one right. time. I mean, they're they're. They have faith. <laughs> they have faith right. in Cone and, and his sneak right. ability. And they needed it too the second time because they got no push yeah. on that fourth and one. No, Cone, he, he literally ran effort. into the yeah. butt of Patterson and then had <laughs> to kind of spin out of it. <laughs> oh, uh, there's nothing here. Right. Let me go Which, something. by the way, is an undervalued skill as a quarterback mm-hmm. to be able yeah. to feel that and do what he did mm-hmm. uh, because he kind of he went to the right and then he kind of he kind of hopped forward to make sure he got those two yards. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tom Brady's like the best ever at that, but Jack mm-hmm. Cohn did it really, yeah. really well. Yeah. And I think part of what helped on the third down, and we have a big super chat coming up, so I want to get to that in a second. But the other thing is, in the first half at least, I thought they did a really good job of being – they were really good on with the first down pass game. 
I think some so like in the first the first half they were actually split six in the first and six in the second. The first half third downs were third and six, third and one, third and four, third and one, third and three, and then a third and nine. The second half third downs were third and six, third and eight, third and six, third and thirteen, third and six. They put themselves in too many unnecessary third and medium to long situations because they went back to what they'd been in the past, which is running all the time. Right. Running way too much on first set down, then getting themselves in third and second and long situations that they then kind of have to, you know, to get out of. So I I thought the first half, the efficiency in the pass game, because the two quarterbacks, Buckner and and Cohn, combined to go 22 of 30. Mm -hmm. That's set, you know, 73.3%, I believe. That that's a pretty good day's work. That's a pretty good day's work. So I thought that was that helped with the um that helped them be a little bit more fish, efficient on first and second down. Now the overall numbers weren't sexy. They were seven point one per attempt and nine point seven per completion, which is not sexy, but it was a real efficient a real efficient yeah. game for yep. me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We did get a super chat down here from Truman Dumel. Truman, we haven't seen you in a while. Good to see Ooh. you back. He actually has a back. question, Vince. He left a super well, sticker, which we appreciate. He announced but, his presence with authority. Yes, he did. But Truman, thank you very, very much for that, Truman. But he also yeah. had a question down here. He said, how did Audric estimate? How is Audric estimate looking on special teams? Uh, Audric actually also got in. Well, he also got in on in the goal line offense. He had and had a nice real block. Nice, yeah, real nice block. They had him lined up as like a wing almost, uh, yeah. and had a nice block on the outside. So he's been good on special teams. You know, he's a, he's a physical blocker on kick return, and and to me, Truman, I think the job he's done on kick return combined with what he did last night, honestly. Instead of 13 personnel, Vince, at this mm-hmm. point in time, you know what I would do? If you're dead set on having two tight ends in the field, I'd go 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends. Right. Because yep. what you because what that does is with Audric is, is it gives you number one, he's a physical kid. You can you can you can kick out with them, you can lead block with them. It gives you a little bit more in the tackle, in the tackle box. Right versatility in the run game, much like we saw from Tommy Trumbull. There's no tight end on the roster that can do what Tommy Trumbull can do. No, but maybe you have a running back who can do some of those things, not to the level Tommy. Sure, did, he's a freshman. Right, but I, I would actually look at that and say, hey, you know what? If we want to go big personnel instead of a third tight end, instead of Michael Carmody, put Audric in the game. Yeah, the, and then move him around because the other thing you can throw to him because he he's got decent hands. He, he, at least he did in high school. I, I haven't seen him catch Notre Dame, but he caught the ball well in high school. But I, I like that you can throw to him. You can you can run it to him. 
you know, put sure. him in motion and run a jet sweep. You know, uh, it I just gives you so much way. more creativity. No, right. And then the other <laughs> thing you can do is you can go two backs and you can motion Kyron out. Like, here's what I would do. If you, it, you could even go 23 personnel and do this, Vince. This would be real creative. You know, so after the interception, you get down to the four yard line. I'm going 23 personnel, right? I'm going to put, which 23 is two running backs and three tight ends. Okay. I don't love it, but here's where I would like it. If we put 23 personnel in the game as an offense, that defense is going to see that and they're going to put their big boys on the field. So then I'm lining up with my two backs from the shotgun and then I'm motioning Kyron Williams outside. Hey, guess what Kyron Williams can do? Run every single route tree that you have, right? And so you could do some ISOs where if you want to have a safety out there, I'll take Kyron on a slant route in that situation. But it also, if they, here's the thing. What might they do when they see my all-American running back who's good catching the football? They're going to overplay outside? it. They're going to overplay, overplay it. it, and then I bring that 235-pound monster running right down your throat. Mm-hmm. Right? So th- there's a lot of things. And, and they could also go 32 personnel out of that fence, put two tight ends in the game, and then give me Logan, Audric, and Kyron, and you've got the same kind of things. Right. So that's the kind of creativity I'd like to see them do instead of kind of being the lazy, like, oh, let's go 13 personnel because that's what we did last year. You don't have Brock Wright. If you still had Brock Wright, go 13 personnel. Right. You still have Brock Wright and Tommy Trumbull, go 13 in the red zone. All for it. Those guys are now getting paid to play football legally. So <laughs> it's all legal now, baby. Right. Come on. Right. Uh, so, so that's that. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm hoping that Saturday kind of opened their eyes up a little bit to like, you know what? Let's use this kid. Why not? Yeah. Because yeah. I'll tell you something right now. I'm going to have an article about this, but the future to me for Notre Dame on offense, personnel wise, we'll see what they do schematically. The future, I'm excited about the future of this offense. You've got Tyler Buckner, you've got Logan Diggs, you've got Audric Estime. Chris Tyree is like a veteran now as a sophomore, right? He's got multiple, he's got at least one more year left, possibly two. Deion Colsey made a big play last night. Lorenzo Styles looked great. Right. It's amazing that these guys. It's it's a it's it's kind of really cool how they figured it out as soon as Joe Wilkins got hurt that the light went on for Logan did or for you know and as soon as Chris Tyree got hurt like that moment the moment he got hit with turf toe Logan Diggs was like oh. I know the offense now, <laughs> right? And how that light went yeah. on for Lorenzo Styles. Like the moment Joe Wilkins went down, like, oh, I know that play now. <laughs> uh, so it's really cool how that happened. It's amazing. And if you haven't, if you're not picking them up by sarcasm, I'm laying it on pretty thick. I think. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, but it's just amazing. Hey, give these kids a chance because they're talented, talented players. Logan Diggs, Audric Estime, you know, Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey. Chris Tyree, there's some really talented young players. Tyler Buckner, there's some re- – Drew Pine, there's some really talented young players. Oh, and by the way, your left tackle is a true freshman. <laughs> and you have another left tackle-ish right. kind of guy right. who's a true freshman who's right. hurt. But so, still – The future's yeah. looking really bright from a talent standpoint. And there yeah. was a couple other you know bright future guys in the stands last night, one of them named Tobias Merriweather, who is having a great senior year. So, yeah, it's – um. That part, that's that's one of my takeaways. But but also, Truman, thank you. Thank yeah. you again very much for that super chat. Well, speaking of uh, talent in the stands, uh, we have a couple other super chats here. Corey D says, any news with the recruits who visited or is it too soon? 
do we improve our position with Nwangpa, Canoe, or Lucas? So I have I have some updates on a couple of those guys. I'm going to put those on the message board tonight, Corey. So if if you're a premium member, put that out. I have a couple more calls and feel. And the reason I'm not giving it just this second because I have I'm waiting to hear back from a couple people here real quick. But I do have some 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 info that I've had a little bit that I've been able to get today. It's real initial. I, I always. I will always advise, even though I think the info I got today is good and I'm going to put on the board is I always advise people to not read too much into right. what a kid says the day after his visit's over or the last day of his visit, because usually there's a lot of emotion. They're loving sure. it. It's more about, okay, let me see what he feels next Thursday when he's been to Ohio state or he's been to Oregon sure. or wherever else these kids are going to go. But that definitely, definitely went well. Definitely have some good Intel tonight. Uh, on the on the message board at Dead Irish Breakdown. So if you aren't a member of that, sign up down there. But yeah, that's I'll have some stuff on there. But um, I think I think things went well uh, to that to that question. I think things went really well. I think Notre Dame made moves. Will it be enough to close to to seal all these guys? We'll find out. And that's not a tease to go look, read the message board. I mean, generally we'll find out. I don't I don't yeah. have that answer. Right. Uh, but things went really well, really well this week. And there were so many Notre Dame players like. There's a picture of Tommy Reese hugging Tyler Eifert and Zach Zach Martin before the game. I love that picture, I mean, by the way. I saw yeah. that. I mean, there were some dudes on campus last night. Like like Anthony Lucas standing with Chase Claypool. I'm like, Chase looks bigger than Anthony Lucas. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was big time. It was big time. Patrick Barnes has a, a super chat here as well. Thank you, Patrick. It's as excited for mm-hmm. uh, Styles' future at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah he he flashed. Last did night. we did we answer Patrick's first? We we did. We got to that. His he talked about the he had some questions about the offense, right? In his first super mm-hmm. chat, Vince. Do you remember? Yeah, we I think we that, uh, right? pretty sure we did. Let's see, it's right here. He says rushing yards up, sack numbers oh, down. How much was the what, change in the scheme change in and scheme. how much is the O line play? Okay. Yeah. I thought the O line change in scheme. That's I that was the one thing we did. There really wasn't a change of scheme last night. There was no like Notre Dame didn't do what USC did, which is add a bunch of new stuff. It was really a shift in emphasis, and that to me is the ultimate bye week adjustment. It's what emphasis, I hate yeah. is when coaches put a bunch of new stuff in, like USC did, and guess what? Your players couldn't always execute it at a high level. Notre Dame didn't really put anything new in. They had a shift in emphasis, tempo, which we've seen before, RPOs, which we've seen before. They did a lot of things differently last night that we hadn't seen before. And to me, that was the key. Shift and emphasis as opposed yes. to adding a bunch of new stuff. Emphasis and tempo. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. that's really what it was. Yeah. And and right. it helped that. And we've been saying it for weeks, but that kind of thing can help your offensive yeah. line. And it did. And, yes. and look, the offensive line played better. Don't get me wrong. They played better as a group. But those things combined is what helped. And it was mm-hmm. great. It was great. Yeah. You get some and, and again, we—I I would encourage you all to go back and watch the first, especially the first, well, really the whole game. What well, and, and watch how the RPOs influenced the run game. Watch how many times they were handing off to Kyron Williams, and they were running an outside RPO, and the outside players for USC had to either freeze or work outside. And you're going to see how it. You talk about. Just the number of players in the box so many times last night when they weren't in 12 and 13 was was it favored Notre Dame. And when you give Kyron Williams a favorable box, you have no chances of defense. Right. None. 
And so we saw that last night. Sorry, um, Sadie is at my feet. Apparently, uh, the door to the basement is open <laughs> because now Rita and Sadie are both down here. Rita's sleeping, and Sadie is um, wanting not. something. <laughs> yeah, not. She's wanting something. So She's the one my that apologies. Wants lots of the attention, which yes. I understand. Yes, yes. My apologies for that. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of that's that was the one thing patrick that we didn't get to it wasn't it wasn't really i didn't see anything necessarily new from notre dame last night which i don't think they needed it they had they always had it in their in their repertoire they always had it in their tool bag right they just didn't use it, use it exactly yeah. agreed and we we did have a comment down here this was hilarious uh yeah, talvids uh, did you hear what dante williams said i still don't feel like we lost that game we ran out of time did he watch the 2019 game like in right. the locker room before the speech like that was one of the weirdest comments that I saw right. last night. Was like he's trying to make his guys feel yeah. better. I get it, but like but they're not stupid. Exactly, they're not stupid. He's insulting if, their if, intelligence. If Clay Helton would have said that in 2019. I'd have been like, "Yep, that's yep. I get it. I get it." Right. Notre Dame right. was about. Uh, I mean, if there was okay, if there was three minutes left on the clock, Notre Dame would have punched it in, and it had been 38 to 16. Like what? What are we talking about here? So Notre Dame a, ran out of time. Right. <laughs> Notre Dame ran out of time right. to put you yeah. away. Now, maybe he's talking about maybe we ran out of time in the second quarter, but hey, you had the time. You're the one that decided to do a run play with 20 seconds left and no timeouts, I, and then decided to do a spike just, play out of the shotgun. Right. Who does that? Nobody. Oh, USC. Nobody right. does that. I watched it again today, and I texted you. I was, I was like, I watched this three times because it just cracked me it's up. It's funny. It's it cracked me up. It, it cracked me up because it was USC. If Notre Dame would have done that, I literally I would have lost my you know what my television yeah. out of my window. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I would have charged Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese for the replacement. It would have been so <laughs> dumb. You're right, but yeah, I mean that that's on you, buddy. Hundred percent. Right? I mean, hundred percent. He in in that is where I will give him a little bit of a um of a break because that's where when you're an interim coach, you don't quite have the say so on Agreed. things. He Agreed. was hot after that. He, he like, was. You could tell he was pissed. Yeah. And 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 it wasn't at the players. It was. Is it a staff dude on the the other side of that microphone? No he question. Was, he was hot about that. And he should have been. Yeah. Quick, quick, uh, Corey D. Kerr Heinish is done after this year, right? And uh, yes, yes, he is. So, just so everyone's clear, Kurt played four full years at Notre Dame, right? He got the next year because of COVID. So, there's no so way, shape, it. form, or fashion that Kurt Heinish, the only way he could have come back this year, next year, is if he got hurt in the first four games. And had to take a medical redshirt, but right? Yes. So he had uh, five. He he's he's on his fifth year, not his sixth, but it right. feels like six because right. he's played all five years. Yeah, and I don't know if we talked about this, but Colonel Clink's monocle, which I just anytime he asks <laughs> he or she asks a question, I feel like I want to get it up because I want to just say that. Uh, <laughs> so it finally seemed to be a real game plan in the way they use Kona Buckner. We talked Agreed. about that last night for people who yeah. didn't watch the show last night, but I I agree. Both quarterbacks knew exactly how yep. the quarterback rotation was going to go last night. And, and that's the it. only way you can use two quarterbacks effectively. We've been calling last for that Last night too. is exact. Yeah. I, it, somebody said to me, uh, somebody texted me like, Does, did Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese listen to your show? <laughs> and I was like, uh, one, no. But two, <laughs> I can understand why you would think that. Yeah. Uh, 
that was that was encouraging to see because they're not listeners. They didn't do what they did last night because they listened to our show and were like, okay, let's just do what Driscoll says because I'm really getting sick of him bitching about this, right? That's not what happened <laughs> be last nice. night. It'd be funny. I mean, I like to tell myself that, but that's not what happened last night. It was more about like they self-scouted. And, right. and they I've did what they before, were supposed to it's do. It's a lot easier to self-scout a team you follow than your own team because you're always getting ready for that next game. Sure. I'm somewhat sympathetic. Okay, but I'm somewhat sympathetic to it. Right. But I think that is the thing for me is uh, to see that it's all the things we've been asking for since the summer, even the quarterback rotation. We This, this is what we wanted from going back to May and June. Yeah. Use Tyler Buckner. He's too defined good. defined role. Play. Go yeah. watch that touchdown run. Tell me there's not a role for that kid on this football team. Right. Uh, but it has to be done the right way. And I thought last night and, – and the fact that they threw the first two times – though the first time it was actually an RPO, it was a pull off of a read. It wasn't a play action. That's something else, too, um, I want to mention real quick. But the fact that they did that, his first two plays, I thought was brilliant because if he would have had another opportunity to play Vince, he would have been even more effective in the run game because they're like, uh-oh, we got we got thrown out. The other thing, too, that I didn't bring up earlier when we were talking about the RPOs, there was more versatility to the RPOs we talked about last night. But I think the other thing, too, Vince, is I thought the RPO game made the play-action game a lot better last Absolutely. Night. Like, they Absolutely. were hitting some play-action plays before the run game really got going because it looks like the RPO stuff. And I think that's another thing uh, that I felt made for an effective – I mean, the first half they were. I mean, outside of Kevin Austin's drop, the off they, USC didn't stop Notre Dame in the first half. I mean, they they really didn't. Notre Dame stopped themselves. Jack had that miss to Michael Mayer on the play they settled for a field goal, and then Kevin Austin had a drop, which was followed by a missed field goal. I mean, but Notre Dame did what they wanted to do against USC in the first half. I mean, it, it, it was impressive. Completely agree. Yeah, they, they, it was yeah impressive. completely agree. Yep, it was impressive. So, Vince, I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. We will be back tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. We are going to talk about whatever Brian Kelly has to say at his press conference tomorrow, which are always entertaining. And then we are going to talk about the weekend of college football because it was yes. another it's another entertaining weekend of – I mean, I, I saw some upsets coming this weekend. I didn't think it was going to be – Illinois over Penn State in nine overtimes. You know, you know we're going to talk about the overtime. Oh, yeah. Too. We're and talking then about I that. also want to pat myself on the back. My prediction for Oregon UCLA was 34 31 Oregon. And my prediction for Clemson Pitt was Pitt 27, Clemson 16. We don't need to talk about what my score prediction was for Ole Miss and LSU. That's irrelevant. But for those <laughs> two games, I I felt proud. I, mean, I got those pretty pretty darn pretty darn close. But uh, we'll also we'll definitely be talking about Clemson tomorrow because I said they were going to take a step back this offseason. Vince, you did as well. But I didn't I'm think gonna it was going to be this. I didn't far think it was back. Be this bad. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. So we're going to talk about that as well. So everybody, oh. Real quick, super chat, Corey D. Thank you so much for that. The play of Clarence Lewis is concerning. Any chance they may move him to safety and put Barnes at corner next year? Clarence Lewis at Columbus next year scares me. Not if he's playing safety. All I'll say is, is I won't be shocked if a right. good offseason from the freshmen that are currently there and the incoming freshmen who will be an early enrollees, if a good right. offseason from them results in Clarence playing safety either as early as the spring or at least by the summer. 
Right. I think they may want to see how the spring goes and see those guys prove themselves. Uh, but I, I think that's a possibility. I can I can say talking to sources that it has been discussed as part of the future at the position. Right. Right. And I've also heard that Xavier Watts has really made an impact. So if Kyle Hamilton is out for a period of time, which based on Brian Kelly's comments today, I don't think that he he will be. But if he is, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they or and it may just be a thing where like even if Kyle can play, him going down has to be the thing like, hey, we got to get Xavier ready to go. Right. But I've heard they're very impressed with what he's done as well. So I think we're going to see a, a safety position depth chart that looks a whole lot different next year than the one now. So that's going to do it for tonight's show, everybody. Thank you so much. We had a great audience tonight. Thanks again to everybody that showed up to the tailgate this weekend. It was a ton of fun. and a blast. Uh, you guys ate a lot of the food, but enough for me to be able to today reheat some chicken and there you some go. subs. Sorry, Sadie's trying to get up in the camera. Yeah, she is. Uh, but uh, but uh, it was a it was a great time. Got to talk ball. Vince showed up after we set up and 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 left before we tore down, which was perfect timing. Great game planning by Vince. But we had a lot of fun last night. Self scouting. Uh, yep. Sorry, she's like clawing at my leg right now. So. Uh, I'm either if I want to have any skin left on my on my leg. Oh, so, going right in for the, uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. So anyway, everybody, thanks for joining us tonight. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we will get back at it. We'll have grades on the message board tomorrow from tonight's game. Uh, I will have some recruiting scoop up on the message board tonight at IrishBreakdown.com. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, tomorrow we are on to. It's going to be very starting to get ready for North Carolina because it's going to be another yep. another big game this weekend. So anyway, everybody, thanks for joining us for Vince. I'm Brian. We will talk to you again very, very soon. Sadie looks like she has something to say, Vince. I know, right? (laughs) Right in the mic. All right, everybody. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.